BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin of Gotham. And you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And here we go. All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Um, for this evening, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Dom. How are you doing this evening, Dom? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a weird weekend, a weird um, fourth, non-fourth type of vibe, you know, going on. Uh, I think the first time that we've all felt this... Uh, feeling on the fourth weekend before um so it's new but i think it's kind of a kind of a much needed kind of reset of things uh going forward uh but other than that i'm i'm good I'm, i've been chilling i definitely feel that as well with fourth july fourth of july it so didn't feel like it not only because of everything that's going on but because literally in my neighborhood they've been setting off fireworks for the past two months so it wasn't anything new for me i was in my head i'm like well they they've been setting off fireworks every night so what's the difference <laughs> yes anyone around here i think uh i know i know part of it is people are excited for fireworks and then also people are just bored and they're like yes. This is something I can go do is go blow some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully no one blew any of their fingers off. Right. Though. So <laughs> fingers crossed with that. But um, yeah, so we have a few topics and I decided that we should probably start with the trailer talk. Now, Dom, did you see the trailer for David Ayer's Tax Collector? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, no, I, I just watched it for the second time about 15 minutes ago and because uh, I wanted to show my fiance because I had already seen it and anything Shia LaBeouf I'm in off top but um it looks it looks great it looks kind of um this David Ayers in his pocket you know what I mean doing what he's been uh he's very good at which is making these like top gangster shoot 'em up type of movies but the story also seems a lot more complex than, you know, uh, than the trailer lets off completely. 
Yeah, and so the funny thing is that I originally wasn't a big fan of Shia LaBeouf from the Transformers movies. Right. You know, he played this very whiny sort of character, I think got a little pigeonholed there. And then he was in this movie, Lawless, and he kind of still played the same character, but I liked him more. It was David Ayer's Fury that totally turned me around on Shia. So it's nice to see Shia and David Ayer teaming back up with each other for a new movie and it's good for people to see that David Ayer isn't just the you know isn't just Suicide Squad right. he's a, he's a talented director he's done plenty of things like Fury even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Bright which I know Juwan was a big fan of but I wasn't a fan of yeah the, the, I think the only thing of Bright I I mean I, I enjoyed it but not enough to watch it multiple times but there was one particular part uh, that I wanted to use uh, in my personal podcast because there's a point in the movie where he says something about chopping it up with the homies. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> but I was like, they're going to sue me if I use that. So I just kind of I, I recorded it and then I had changed the pitch and I just decided not to use it because I wasn't trying to. I had Universal come after me once before for talking really? about Eminem. So I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to do that again <laughs> um but i do i do like that uh what airs is try, able to do is to take these people like a will smith like denzel like shia and who are like these kind of wholesome family type names and flip them into like these badasses um and i and it, the way shia looks it looks like he's the badass and yeah. i do want to um i saw uh, David respond to somebody, uh, which I knew was going to happen. As soon as I saw the trailer, they said, is, is Shia LaBeouf supposed to be uh, Hispanic or Latin? And he was like, Did you, have you not seen people who grew up around other people? He just somebody who grew up in that neighborhood. So he talks the talk. He walks the walk. And I think we all know people who like grew up in a culture that was opposite their own. And you can't help but embody it because you grew up in it. So I know they're going to catch some stupid flack for that, but it doesn't seem like he did it in a, a mocking way. It just seems like a guy who grew up around a whole bunch of Latin gangs, and that's just who his character is. I'm glad you brought that up because it was something that I wanted to bring up as well. And as soon as I saw... At first, I didn't even think about it. At first, I was just thinking, wow, Shia looks awesome. He does. I think he probably looks like the most badass that we've ever seen him. And if I could say from a female perspective, he, he looked hot. You know, and I was like, oh, cool. And then as soon as I saw that tweet, I go, yeah, here comes, you know, the, the controversy and the fake outrage. And I like David Ayer's response because, you know, someone like me, um, not that, I'm, you know, emulating, say, another culture, but I think that maybe people don't realize that some people live in other neighborhoods that maybe isn't predominantly their own, like growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, you know, that was a very diverse um, place, so it's like, you know, you get more of a feel for people who aren't like you, and I feel like that's what David Ayer is saying, like, you know, he he's just doing people who grew up in the same neighborhood. It reminded me a bit of, you know, uh, if you ever saw Den of Thieves, um, 
mean, uh, there were so many different people in that group, but it's because of the neighborhood that they grew up in. And so I right. think that's what he was trying to get to it in that. He even especially, said, I think David Ayer said that he, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, especially in L.A., L.A., is just like New York, is probably, you know, the those two are the only two that I can really say are complete melting pots. You can say, you know, um, maybe like Miami, but L.A. And, and New York City have such a mix of, like, you have certain Chinatown, you have Jamaica, Queens, you have this, and then, so it's. It, I think that's why those two cities are kind of the um, represent kind of a all encompassing society because everybody's culture is kind of mess. Yeah, you're gonna have your dominant one that you relate to, but if you like, I had you know I got homies that are um, that are white that grew up around me and my homies, so they're like they might dress a little different, they're gonna talk a little different, and some people outside of our circle are going to be like, why y'all let him do this? And I'm like, that's him. Like, he been with us since, like, we was in kindergarten. That's just how he is. Sorry. Like, he's not going to change because he, y'all think he's supposed to. You know what I mean? So I feel like it'll be a, a little bit of a thing for a little while. But it's Shia, and I've never seen him do a role too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Besides Trans- the Transformers, Transformers movies. Movie in general. I don't think it was him necessarily, um, but anything since in the past like six, seven, eight years, I mean, you can't argue with his uh, outcomes. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I'm excited to see this. I I love the idea of it that they're these tax collectors, and then suddenly they have to deal with. I think I read in the description it's a warlord from Mexico comes back into the neighborhood and that sort of kind of intermingles with everything. So it's going to be badass, and I'm I'm super excited to see this. Yeah. David Ayer, um, I wish would stop getting so much hate. Right. And <laughs> I just wish he would stop getting hate. I don't know. I, I like him. But uh, speaking of David Ayer... This is a kind of small thing, but I want to know your opinion of it. Do you think there should be an air cut? No, I don't want any cuts <laughs> of anything. <laughs> um, my thing, my thing is that me personally, I don't ask for any kind of. I, I take the final product for what it is. I buy the Blu-ray. I watch the deleted scenes. And I might think, like, okay, yeah, that should have been there. Maybe it shouldn't have, whatever. Now, if we get it, if we get these cuts, we get, like, the Snyder Cut, Air Cut, I mean, I'll take it, you know, um, if they give it out. But I wouldn't, like, put my life on hold to, like, fight for it to, <laughs> <laughs> to be a thing. Because, um, I mean, like like you, I enjoy Suicide Squad. Um, I get why people might not like certain depictions of characters or whatnot, but like, I thought it was a fun movie, and I thought that's what it was supposed to be. I didn't think it was supposed to be overly serious, like some of the other DC films. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, I'm not asking for it, but if it happens, it happens. It 
the whole thing about director's cuts are, to me, getting a little ridiculous, especially since the Snyder Cut was announced that it's coming out, because then, I don't know if you saw on our Geek Vibes Nation Twitter page, Kanan posted that Sylvester Stallone said there's a director's cut of Rocky IV, and I'm like, and I say this as someone who enjoyed the Rocky movies, no one wants that sly, no one really even cares about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, not not taking anything away from him or the movie. It almost just seemed like it's a cash grab. Yeah. Oh, I have I have something that these ten minutes you didn't see. I'll re-release it, and then you buy it, and you're like, you're gonna, and if you're mad, oh well, you pay for it. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it, if you're gonna do a, a director's cut, you got to add like half an hour or something. Like I'm really mad. Um, that I saw Dylan did that uh, write-up about Midsummer releasing their director's cut. Um, and I had just bought the Blu-ray like a month ago. And I was like, I got bought uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to be interesting to see a director's cut of Midsummer. Uh, Kanan absolutely hated that movie, so <laughs> that just kind of makes me giggle every time that movie's even mentioned, which I didn't mind it. It it was definitely interesting, but uh, that'll be fun to see that. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about the air cut just because I see him now, like, really campaigning for it, and I get that. It seems like with Warner Brothers, they're very... Um, restrictive to what the directors do. They got a lot that of input that they want into their movies, which is funny because uh, Birds of Prey posters right behind you. Oh, and yeah. I, so, <laughs> and someone I think was saying, I think Kathy Ann herself was trying to allude to the fact that there may be a Birds of Prey cut. <laughs> and I just thought that whole thing was a little ridiculous. It's To me, it's like, let's move on. You know, learn from your mistakes. We got, first of all, how confusing is that going to be? Because correct me if I'm wrong, The Suicide Squad is supposed to come out in what, 2021, right? Or is it 2022? I think it's 2021. Yeah. So that comes out, say The Suicide Squad comes out in 2021, but then David Ayer's director's cut comes out on HBO Max in 2021. (laughs) It's just going to be confusing. Yeah, I, that's the one thing I don't understand is that I know we're smart enough to differentiate between them, but you're still, for the casual person, you're going to mess with the continuity of everything they watched, and they're going to be like, I, I thought, hold on, this person didn't die or they did die? I don't understand. <laughs> and they're going to have to be doing it. And maybe that's what they do. Like, look, the websites like that, we've got geek buyers. They just have to explain to people what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's not our job to do that. We just put the movies out. So, you know. We'll have to have, like, a whole thing where we go through everything and explain it to them. <laughs> Here's the continuity, yeah. which will be a shit show because they don't even know their own continuity. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I had on my list about the, um, the movie Tenant changing their date to August 12th. I feel like every week now, every movie is getting a change and all that. But do you feel like Tenant is trying to, to me, why not just then extend it a few months from now? What is up with them trying to, like, 
kiss pretty much the line of when the theaters are going to reopen. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if they really wanted to make a big splash, we know that none of this is really going to probably die down until sometime in the fall. Everything may be back to normal, say, December. <clears throat> and with them, I think when they push the Oscars back to, like, April or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Release your movie later, and your movie will be fresh in people's memory for these awards. Because um, I know people, whether or not they, you know, boast about it, they are trying to win the awards with some of these, like, like Tenet. Tenet wants, A, the money, because I'm sure they spent a lot on the budget. But they want those awards to go with it. Um, and I, and I, cause I feel like if you were, there's a lot of movies I've screened so far this year that they're okay with a uh, digital release and, they, and it's doing just fine, but something like that, you know, of course the way that it's shot probably has to be seen in a certain theater, certain screen, certain sound. Um, but yeah, I think I would let <laughs> some other movies be the first ones to be, uh, you know, volunteer to tribute when the theater's <laughs> open. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, you go ahead. Oh, you didn't do well? Cool, we're going to wait. Because um, you don't want a big movie like that to be tossed out there, floundering, and then no one goes to the theaters, and then it tanks, and they're like, we're just going to re-release it in December, and it's like, why don't you just hold it till December? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they don't just wait, because at this point, it just seems like you're just trying to re- remind people that it's coming out. Like, hey... <laughs> Just to let you know. (laughs) I don't know. It's weird. In my opinion, I think, and I I think I said this on other shows before, but the movies that were, say, just in theaters when everything closed down, like, say, Bloodshot or even Invisible Man, put those out as the first ones. The ones who, you know, maybe they were only in theater for a week or two and then everything got shut down. Put them. Hell, put freaking Hamilton or something in the theaters. Right. I mean, uh, something else than, say, these big, big movies that they are going to need to make back their money. I know that there's going to be a lot of people who probably will go because they want to go to the theater and all that. But there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be very hesitant, even with restrictions, even with them saying, oh, we'll have people X amount of feet apart and they'll have to wear masks. There's still going to be people who aren't going to want to go. And you're going to lose money that way. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of creepy that last year me, you, Juana, AJ had that long conversation about if they should do uh, movies like uh, for people who didn't want to go to the theater, if they should send out codes to watch it at home and whatnot. And then we're <laughs> at this point now, and it's like, we were talking about it. How come they didn't have a plan for it already? You would think that this is a thing that you think about. I know that pandemics are, are a rare thing, but anything could happen, you know, to where you have to have a plan going forward. And, Clearly, no one did. Uh, Hollywood is hella confused right now because oh, I keep seeing, oh, we're going to start shooting in two weeks. Okay, five weeks. Okay, two months from now. Ah, okay, we don't know. Um, <laughs> and I was, uh, I think I saw an interview of some, I can't remember who it was, it was an actress, and she was talking about their scenes. They have to, like, 
be tested before they, you know, and temperature and whatnot before they shoot the scene. And they try to do it, and then they got to go back and then be retested again. And it's just a lot of, like, it's going to go back to, um, like, some of our regular movies uh, that don't take a lot of CGI or action sequences. Nowadays, take about a month to shoot, month, month and a half. And now those are going to take <laughs> two months probably because of all the precautions we have to take. Um, I mean, it's got to be done. Uh it's just uh, it's a strange time. It's a very strange time. Yeah, I mean, I've had a few interviews where I've asked the actors, you know, how is it going to feel when you have to do these certain sort of scenes where you're fighting up close with someone or even sex scenes and right. them saying that people are going to have to maybe rework the scripts to kind of maybe eliminate those type of scenes. But it is going to be a different way that they're going to have to shoot these movies. Um, and they're going to take longer. And honestly, they're probably going to cost more now right. at this point. Yeah, I was, I was trying to see, I, that's why I'm like looking down. I was trying to see, on our Geek Fives Nation page, um, when they said that they were planning to start production back up on the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, because I think that is very close. I, oh yeah, okay, here it is. Uh, so via the Hollywood Reporter, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show and the Loki show look to resume filming this August. How? plausible do you think that is <laughs> um it'll probably they'll probably still stick with august it'll just be like the last week of august um because yeah. it seems like everything right now is um play it by ear because we've seen if you open things up too early and people are taking upon themselves to not care about everybody else then we go back into we go backwards. We went from being, like, especially here in Tennessee, we went from being very close to phase three, now back to phase two, mm. because people, I don't care, and it's like, you may not care about yourself and the mask for yourself, but it doesn't take away from the fact that if we don't wear them, they're going to keep shutting things down. So, it's just like, you know how they say, rip the Band-Aid off, put the Band-Aid on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> So where we gotta, we go, it's going to take a minute. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's going to take a unified uh, approach for everybody because if not, we're just going to keep regressing back in, to being full quarantine again, and then we're going to have to look online and see, you know, every other country like, ah, we told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing good right now. You guys are all – well, so two things really quick. So in New York, tomorrow literally starts phase three. But they had to take something out so it was supposed to be indoor, like restaurants could start allowing people to come indoors and sit. And they yeah. had to do away with that. So I'm not sure technically what else is in phase three, but that got taken out. And then also, I will say, though, Canada has their own versions of Karen. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. But apparently they're called Letitia's now because yeah. there was a Letitia going to a, a hospital for a suspected broken finger and she wasn't wearing a mask and the nurses and doctors kicked her out. And she made like a video about it and it's like, boo, you're in the wrong there. Right. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. It's something about 
wearing a mask, seemingly people want to rebel against it. And I know this is way off topic, but I'm thinking that they're going to have to start in movies and TV shows, like promoting the masks, like have characters suddenly wearing masks so that people can like get it in their heads or something. Yeah. This is, this will all tie into, um, that, um, Michael Bay movie that they're doing that pandemic movie. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's doing rewrites right now. Like, okay. Uh, and then they're going to make it that much worse to kind of be like a cautionary tale. Like, look, these people in this movie didn't listen and they're gone now, you know, because <laughs> there's got to be something to, if it's not, you know, they don't want to, they don't care about the mask for themselves. Okay. I understand that. But you have to, to go forward to sacrifice your, your beautiful face to go, forward and not have it later on because if not you know that's why I, I took it upon myself when this first started I was like I'm gonna buy me some cool looking masks because I saw this happening so I was like if I gotta wear this all oh, the you're time smart. <laughs> if I gotta do this all the time I'm at least gonna match with my outfits I'm gonna look cool you know what I mean like uh, my thing is it's funny to me is that there's a lot of people that don't complain because we watch movies like these superhero movies we walk outside and we look like a superhero or a villain or whichever one you want to look like. You look cool. So, like, just think of that mentality of, like, I'm about to look like Black Noir while I'm not going to go oh, outside. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely good from the freaking uh, virus. He's, like, way, you know, protected there. Um, yeah, I've been wearing the medical masks because my aunt works at a medical office and so she's just been getting me them but i finally ordered one that has a little metal hole that has like a flap but then you can open it to put a straw in so that you can drink outside as you're you know being protected but um speaking of black noir you're just really great tonight you are segueing (laughs) into all of these other topics so i don't know if we've talked about this before don but are you a fan of the boys on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, as soon as I bought my new TV last year, I was like, that was the first thing I watched. I was like, okay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you watch the first three minutes of season two that they released on their Twitter page? Yeah, I just watched it um, about an hour ago, and um, that show is—I don't know. I, there's not many shows that. I no matter the so the, you know the topic of it that looked that great to me off the, off top as soon as the first scene starts and this show is just able to do that somehow um, especially with characters that like I wasn't that familiar with you know and it's very hard knowing that like going into something like a superhero show you usually know a little bit about some of the characters so when I start watching the boys I knew nothing. I'd heard of some of the names, but I didn't know anything about them. And I to care that much off off the, off the rip, I was like, okay, this, this show kind of good, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and these first three minutes, I was like, oh shit, because like, <laughs> I'm playing. Like, I, and I can't even tell if he's really a superhero. I feel like he's there just to like, like he's just like a government assassin instead of actually yeah. being part of the seven because he doesn't care, won't say anything. So hopefully, we kind of get some more backstory on his character. Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, 
boast myself out there, but I did speak to the actor who plays Black Noir last year back when season one first came out. He's so cool. His name is Nathan Mitchell, very passionate about playing that character, says that we're going to see a lot in season two. He said that even Mm -hmm. in the first season. I... So you knew more than I did. You said that you heard of these characters. I didn't even know any of these characters. <laughs> but I did go and look to try to see who the hell Black Noir was. And I did find out something. I'm not going to say it on air and spoil <laughs> anything. But I don't – and I tried to ask Nathan if they were going to go in that direction. And, of course, he remained tight lip on that. But, yeah, those first three minutes, first of all, I love Sympathy for the Devil by Rolling Stone, so you play that, and instantly I was like, awesome. <laughs> um, and I love Giancarlo Esposito, so seeing him uh, in the first three minutes is awesome. And I couldn't tell what they were chopping away at that statue of the Seven. I don't know yeah, if you uh, could. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't tell who they were trying to get rid of, because it certainly couldn't have been, you know, the, um, God, what was his name? The Invisible Guy, oh, unless, yeah. they were, unless they were trying to get rid of the Deep, if he's not in the Seven in the, anymore, technically. <laughs> that, uh, what's that new character? Uh, oh, Stormfront. She's replacing somebody, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know who, and I looked up her the character... And in the comics, it's a guy, so this is a gender flip. Okay. But the character is, in the comics, is a neo-Nazi. So oh, jeez. Yeah, so I'm curious as to what route they're going to go with her doing the gender flip. Um, I know that she's supposed to be really feminist, so I don't know if they're said neo-Nazi. She's, like, neo-feminist. And so, I'm, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm curious to see how they, they use that because seeing that, I was like, oh, shit, so this... Comic get gets really deep, I guess. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be interesting, and I just wanted to comment in the first three minutes that we saw was still maintaining the level of bloodiness because remember in the beginning of the first season when A Train ran through Huey's girlfriend, blood splatter everywhere. Well, in this one, uh, Black Noir literally tears that dude's yeah. face open. I had to look away because I'm a big weenie when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. Um, he's just so badass. I love that. And then, of course, he was going against the uh, terrorist who, correct me if I'm wrong, Homelander was the one who gave them yeah. the, the Compound V to make supervillains. Yeah. And then, like, uh, that, and I think that added a layer, that scene added a layer to Black Noir that he literally doesn't feel any pain. Like, I was like, I'm about to blow him up, and he just sat oh, there like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then he had him, and then he had his head and saw the kid, yeah. and then kind of like with the bear was like, wah, wah, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait for this freaking show. Um, it comes back on September 4th. And I believe it said that the first three episodes will be released and then it will go weekly, mm. which I'm a little mad at because the first season was released all eight episodes. Right. And I hate when they do this to me. I don't want to go week by week. Yeah. I want it all right there. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the fence with that because uh, I know we've been spoiled by the streaming services. But at the same time, I do kind of, 
have this weird nostalgic missing of week to week only be only for the simple fact that if you have um, people who watch the show also and maybe they're behind or they oh I've seen the first two and they're like oh well, I've seen all of them so I'll wait a week or two to watch all of them then we can talk <laughs> about it because um, like for me like I'm a big Walking Walking Dead fan right and that's one of the only shows that are that big that are still week to week there's no one who can that, is, is, has, except for the people who, you know, work for AMC, they probably get all the episodes at one time. Um, and even, I don't think they're allowed that either, because that show so kept under wraps, like a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I kind of, I like it sometimes where you're like, oh, last night, that this part and this part, because I feel like if you, uh, we if I talk to somebody about, like, Stranger Things, we don't focus on a whole episode, because you go with the, the big events, of every episode, so you end up jumping, and then someone like me who like watch all the little details and stuff. Oh man, you see when the spider crawled into the, this person's ear, and this happened. Like that happened. Like yeah, just <laughs> never mind, never mind. The wrong, wrong, wrong person to talk to. <laughs> the only real week by week show that I liked was Game of Thrones because then you could go into the office and. Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, is one of those shows that everyone liked no matter what. Like, for the boys, it's kind of, like, just us geeks that kind of like that. But Walking Dead and Game of Thrones were universal. I would be okay that the boys is doing this if I was still in quarantine. Because considering I literally go back to the office tomorrow, I'm not happy about it. But that's just me. That's just me. Um... You still watch The Walking Dead? I fell off on season seven. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. I well, this is what happened. I think there was, um, I think we're on ten now. I think at nine, nine or eight, I fell off a couple episodes because I was like, I didn't like the direction they were going. I, I think it was, that's what it was. It was after that, um, like big three five year jump they did or whatever, yeah. and I was like. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why y'all did that. And then I watched a couple episodes and caught back up, and I was like, okay, okay. And then you have these, you know, the, all the, the the whispers, and I was like, okay, it's getting good again. And um, I think they know too. I think that's why they ramped things up a little bit, and they started letting um, some of the female directors take over, and some of the episodes got a lot better. And, and along with. Um, the guy who played Abraham, I can't think of his name. He started directing episodes too. Oh, and he, really? Yeah, he. Um, there's one of those episodes. There was a big battle scene, and he he said he's new to it, but the way he shot it, what had him shoot it, and the things that were going on, it looked fantastic. So I think they're getting experimental a little bit now that they have a a core fan base where you can do things, and they'll for, forgive little things as long as you know you don't kill Daryl. <laughs> I mean, I thought that the golden rule of The Walking Dead was if Michonne leaves, then we are not here anymore, and Michonne left, so yeah. I don't know how... Like, I, I, Maggie is... <laughs> I'm just saying, that you can't ride on Negan forever, which, since we're talking about it, I didn't even have this in my notes, but I just thought about it, um... 
So the boys showrunner Eric Kripke confirms Jeffrey Dean Morgan may be joining season three. And this comes from Collider. So, I mean, that would be kind of exciting. Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming to the boys. Do you think that if he did come to the boys, that would kind of mean Negan would be out? He's still in it, right? I'm not getting that confused. (laughs) I think that. I think possibly. I feel like um, either Negan eventually has his own story arc and, and disappears from the show, kind of like Michonne, or he becomes the face of the show and, and replaces the Rick presence. Um, but him on something like The Boys fits perfectly because that dude has some of the best charisma I've ever seen for anybody on TV. It's crazy. Um and I would hope that he wouldn't be just there for one season. Yeah. Um, and I did see that uh, he started him started the whole push for him being on the show on Twitter. Uh, and then the director was like, oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. He's a good actor. I yeah. really like him. Um, when I saw that, I was like, Okay, okay, I I could dig that. I was a little upset at first that the whole rumor that he's not going to be Thomas Wayne. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In Flash, that upset me. Because that was probably the only thing that was drawing me to the Flash. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, anyone who's out there who's a Flash fan. I just, I, it's not for me. But, um, so let's move on to the next topic. I wanted to talk about, well, let's do really quick before I get into say more of the controversial things in this. But, so they are saying, and it's a rumor, that there may be a live action Batman Beyond movie. Would you be excited for that? Uh, yeah, I think, um, watching that, I remember the animated series, I, it was a little, I think I got a, I think that's when I started playing football, so I didn't focus on it as much, because then I turned into a jock, and it got kind of weird, um, <laughs> and I had to balance, like, geek and jock, I had to put them together, um, but, no, I mean, that, going back and watching those episodes, that, that, just like the Batman animated series, Ahead of his time, no one else was doing anything like it. Um, so if they're able to do it correctly, I think it could be very good. And I think those are characters that people want to see because it seems like 
a big majority besides um, Jawan maybe <laughs> want to move past Bruce Wayne as like the the Batman character. I mean, he likes Batman in general, so maybe he's just like, oh yeah, I'm with it too. Um, <laughs> but I, I think people want to see someone just like James Bond. You don't want to see Pierce Brosnan play uh, James Bond forever. You don't want to see Daniel Craig forever. So maybe you don't want to see Bruce Wayne. Uh, as the Batman, maybe you want to see. Well, I can't remember Beyond's uh, character's name. Terry McGinnis. Terry, yeah. So maybe you know that's. I'll, I'm down for it, especially when the suit's gonna look different. It has different um, technologies able to do. And then if we get this old kind of grumpy Bruce Wayne in the cave, that dynamic would be fun to watch. So yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, I watched a lot of Batman Beyond as a kid, and I liked the contrast between that and, say, Batman the Animated Series, which always felt like it was more so 1940s, noir, and then you get Batman Beyond, which is so futuristic, and his suit is sleeker and, you know, all of that. I thought that was really cool. Yes, Juwan was always of the mindset of, we need to earn that. We haven't had a proper Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, we've had Bruce Wayne is James Bond is at this point. We've had about five of them, maybe even more. I'm okay with moving forward. I'm okay with featuring Terry McGinnis for all of us fans who grew up watching that series. And especially if they're going to say completely discard Ben Affleck's Batman, they're saying that Robert Pattinson's Batman is in a separate universe of his own, and then they're bringing Michael Keaton in. You can't have Michael Keaton around fighting. That's just unrealistic. <laughs> I and I love Michael <laughs> Keaton. <laughs> and listen, I love Michael Keaton. Uh, he was a fantastic Batman. He was a fantastic Beetlejuice. I liked him a lot as Vulture, and that's cool seeing him back. I don't want to see him waltzing around in the in the cape it would be a lot cooler for him to be more of a mentor to a young terry mcginnis and can you just imagine how cool that suit would look in a live action capacity yeah Yeah. it would look so good especially because we every time we get a character with an iconic suit we get texture with it and the texture makes it look that much better so yeah i'd be excited to see that i'd be really excited Off of the top of your head, and I don't have anyone off the top of my head, so I'm putting you on the spot here. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you cast as Terry McGinnis? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Um, It'd be really hard because, I mean, this, okay, I know off top, most people, for a younger character that could play the character for a long time, they probably say someone like Chalamet. But if Chalamet pops up for everything, that is true. Um, I, if he if he was willing to dye his hair like a dark brown, I would love to see the guy from that movie. I am number four. I don't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. But yeah. he has the build. He has the jaw. Um, he's already played in like action type roles. Um, I think I had him on one of my fan casts for Batman for when we last year when we did it. Um, oh. So I want to see that guy in in this superhero world because I feel like he fits. Um. So yeah, I don't know what he would look like with dark hair, or maybe he just <laughs> let, maybe just leave it blonde and just say, you know, we know who the character is. We don't care what his hair looks like. You know, they could do what they want, but I think he'd be a good fit. 
I'm thinking very like uh, off the cuff here, and I'm thinking, what about um, oh god, what's his name? Nicholas Holt, because he oh. lost out on the freaking um, Batman for to Robert Pattinson. So it's like, what if we had him or something? It probably wouldn't work, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have it as that. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I saw that and I really enjoyed the Batman Beyond series. And I've been wanting a live action forever and it feels almost unfair that we haven't had one yet. So that's just me. But um, also really quick, as far as, say, the filming goes, um, according to Culture Crave, Tom Cruise can resume filming on Mission Impossible immediately as he has been granted permission to skip the 14-day quarantine in the United Kingdom. How did he manage that? <laughs> How did the Tom Cruise manage that? Got a pool, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he has, like, the, the, the vaccine for COVID or something, and he's, like, good. <laughs> he's so method. <laughs> I don't know why they, I have, I think I stopped watching Mission Impossible after like the third, second or third one. Uh, I don't know. Something about it just like I respect the the namesake of the character because like the mission was impossible and he pulled it off. Uh, to quote Vince, which he pulls, which he pulls <laughs> it off every time. So is it really impossible? <laughs> um. <laughs> And, I mean, how old is he now? I mean, at oh, some God, point... He's in his 50s. <laughs> yeah, at some point, it's going to stop being believable. I'm like, all right, bro. You just got hit by a train, and you're still alive? Cool. You're a robot. You're a Terminator now. <laughs> like... Well, it's like Harrison Ford is saying that once he passes away, no one should be Indiana Jones because he's him forever. But, um, yeah, I and and Tom Cruise insists on doing I think 99% of his own stunts. So I will say this is me. I was never a big Tom Cruise fan. I just think maybe from his personality and we don't have to get into that at all obviously, yeah, but sure. uh but I did see Mission Impossible Fallout primarily for Henry Cavill and right. he he was good in it. So if you ever did decide to check out Mission Impossible Fallout, it is pretty good. Just because Henry Koffel is, like, God <laughs> at this more, point. Uh, I'm more Tom Cruise and his, like, art house type of films, like Eyes Wide Shut. And oh, that was such a freaky of... movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me the weird Tom Cruise. I don't need the action Tom Cruise. <laughs> Back when he was with, um, oh, God, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. That, we'll, we'll do that. Okay. yeah. I just had to mention that with Tom Cruise just because uh, when I read the headlines there, I was like, what? But um, let's move on to our final two topics of the night. Uh, one of them is Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in the DCEU, um, made a comment pretty much kind of saying that Josh Whedon was a fairly abusive director. Now, he had tweeted out a video of him and Jason Momoa at San Diego Comic-Con where Ray was praising Josh for stepping into Zack Snyder's shoes and yada, yada, yada. And then in his tweet, so he then retweeted that saying, I would like to backtrack everything that I just said here. And then I believe he also 
expanded on that in interviews, saying how unprofessional Josh was, how abusive he was, and then I even saw something where they, you know that scene in Justice League where the Flash falls on top of Wonder Woman? Someone said that Gail Godot refused that, and that's actually a stunt double there, so... What do you make of this whole thing against Josh Whedon that Ray is saying? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of it's it's weird timing for all this kind of stuff, but it's also like, I mean, I would assume there's, you know, I I can't you know wholeheartedly you know believe him and not believe Josh at the same time he refutes it because we don't know without proof, but. I think we've always heard with, like, movies, uh, I mean, with directors, and we've even seen directors depicted in movies that they're always kind of pretentious in a way. And some of them, you know, they go on these rants and yell at the actors and temper tantrums and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard any of this stuff before with previous shows and movies that he's done. But maybe this, there was something that happened. Maybe he was... I don't know if it was the end. I would have liked to assume that it was only a day or two that this happened, this went on, because I would, I don't know how you would put up with that for a month or two um, filming an entire movie, because I know myself, if you kept berating me like that, we're going to fight at some point. (laughs) Um, And Ray's not a small guy. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he would make it up. So, um, especially because he is in this realm of, of this character. So I would, I don't think, uh, he would make it up. Uh, I didn't, that day he posted it. I didn't say, see, uh, Josh say anything. Um, he kind of went on as like business as usual, but, um, I'm sure I know he saw it. I'm sure it's a lot of uh, mentions and whatnot. And I think another actor came out and like backed up Ray's, uh, tweet saying, like, yeah, like, this stuff went on. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. If it, it, so, because, I don't, like I said, I don't want to say Ray made it up, because I don't think he would, because um, it'd just be pointless if there's, like, because if you're going to say something like that, I'm sure you can back it up with some kind of facts or, or other people who went through the same thing. So it's very unfortunate that that happened. I don't know why. You're making a fun movie. Why would you <laughs> get ugly with it? And and I understand like the whole. I saw the Gal Gadot thing too, and I, I completely understand like some somebody laying on top of you for this scene for what reason? Like what? what why is this needed? Um, especially if if I'm Gal, I might feel like to say if Ezra was like flirting and it's like, Oh, this kid is annoying. And then, Oh, we have the scene where he has to lay on top of you. She might feel like he planned this, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man. It, it, it seems, it all seems kind of fishy that like that, that, that right there seems fishy. And this whole situation just seems ugly. And I don't know why it didn't come out sooner. I don't know if they're under a contract or NDAs or whatever, uh, but it's very unfortunate for everybody involved, um, especially this DCEU and Marvel 
universe because he dabbles in both. So he might have just cost himself yeah. millions of dollar and dollars and his livelihood going forward. Yeah, and I will say that it that scene would say the Flash and Wonder Woman is very much Josh Whedon style. Uh, I know how much you love Age of Ultron, but there was literally no reason for Black Widow and for Bruce Banner to fall on top of her. Just say and like, and I go back and rewatch that. I'm like, his face is fully in her cleavage. <laughs> there was no reason, but I feel like it's such an old thing. I don't know a whole lot of Josh Whedon's uh, resume. A lot of people are, I think, diehard fans of his from back in the day. I believe he did Buffy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. yeah, but besides, say, the first Avengers and Age of Ultron and this short-lived series Dollhouse, I don't know a whole lot about I Josh. I think he Peter. worked on, on um, or helped create Agents of, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, probably. Uh, you probably are 100% right with that. Um, so, the Ray Fisher's comment... I don't want to not believe him either. I will say that part of me, and just just a little part of, like, the little part there was, like, what if this is all to kind of, like, garner more support towards the Snyder Cut and Zack Snyder, (laughs) you know? But, again, that doesn't mean that I don't believe him um, because, as you said, directors can be like that. Uh, directors were a lot like that. There's uh, famous stories of how Stanley Kubrick was very abusive to his actors, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me so much, but in today's day and age, Josh Whedon, not a good look at all. (laughs) I mean, if you go watch um, Judy, um, there's a, uh, at the beginning of the movie, it shows when she's young playing, um, I think getting ready to play uh, in the Wizard of Oz, the director's telling her, like, you know, I didn't see shooting commercials, like, don't eat this. You don't look fat. You can't flirt with this board. You can't, like, and you know what I mean? And some of those directors, if they looked up to these people or they worked under the tutelage of these directors, you pick up personality traits and yeah. mannerisms and bad habits that if no one says anything to you, you're going to keep doing it because you're the director and they're afraid to say anything because you're the director so, you know, maybe it's just to get to the point of, like, hey, we all kind of have a chance to speak up right now. So yeah. Ray was like, hey, I'll take one for the team. If y'all back me up, y'all back me up. If y'all don't, y'all don't. But I'm going to put it out there. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, he just falling on the sword for everybody. And, um, and it seems like there's a lot of support for him. Um, I feel like the ones who were, you know, anti his comments or – just doing it for the sake of doing it, like because they don't want to believe it, which happens. You don't want to believe something that you like did something crazy, but you don't know them personally, so you don't know what they're capable of. So it could be true. Yeah, absolutely. And um, really quick, if you are at all interested in the story of Judy Garland, you should definitely watch a documentary on her. Cause the way that they treated actors and actresses back in the day is. I won't say borderline abusive. It was abusive. Uh, in this documentary I watched, that is exactly how they portrayed it, that she was treated by directors and the studios and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the one thing... I may have not been the biggest fan of Justice League or the current DCEU, but if there's one thing I can say, the actors are incredibly loyal to each other. So I am 
sure that if this keeps going and gets momentum, Gail Gadot will come out, maybe Ben Affleck will come out and say something, maybe not against Josh Whedon, but at least in support of Ray Fisher's comments, so he doesn't feel like he's on an island by himself. Right. Um, speaking about directors, again, I just thought about this. So this is one of those things where I think it's a fake outrage. Uh, there was a recent actor on actor between Anne Hathaway and I believe Hugh Jackman where um, Anne Hathaway said that Christopher Nolan doesn't allow his cast to sit. There's no chairs around and the whole internet got kind of like really testy about that and I was like, all right, this is just fake outrage here. <laughs> I, I don't know how you felt about that, but I was like, oh, leave Christopher Nolan alone. Like, come on now. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that, like, there's certain things that, like, you have to, just like, okay, you go to somebody's house, right, and they say, I want you to take off your shoes. Well, that's their house. Take off your shoes yeah. because they don't want your mud on the carpet or whatever the case is, maybe or culturally, whatever the case may be, you just follow that because their house. So if you go over Nolan's house, which is his set, and he says, hey, I just don't have chairs because I like the flow of, like, standing because you think, like, whatever, it creates whatever he thinks it creates. I mean, it's not like you're being tortured. You know, you don't, you're not having a situation of, like, Ray, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's no chairs. This kind of sucks, but, like, I'm getting paid millions of dollars, so, like, does it really matter if I don't have a chair? Um, because I've definitely worked at places where you stand for 12 hours. And I can't complain about it. And I was making way less money <laughs> than these actors are um, making. So if you ain't got a chair, oh, well. Sorry. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think I even tweeted, I said, okay, well, you've clearly never worked as, like, a waitress or a waiter or something, because I, as just like you said, when I was a waitress, I worked 12 to 14 hour shifts. I never got to sit down. <laughs> I worked at a bakery in college, and if you were even, like, found crouching down, my boss would say, what the hell were you doing? And I was making, I think, at least, like, $8 an hour at then, so... I don't want to hear it, <laughs> all right? You're all right. Pay- getting paid millions. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's when you know that she's been acting for a very long time. I mean, because she can feel that way, you know, because yeah. I mean? she's used to every set having chairs, and then you have the one that doesn't. Yeah, you you might feel weird, but I don't think it's like he just he hated us and we didn't have, he didn't give us chairs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I... Listen, I don't hate against Anne Hathaway. I love her. She's a fantastic actress. So I'm not so, I was more so like reacting to everyone else's comments because yeah, yeah. I think she was just kind of mentioning it right. to, to show what, say, Christopher Nolan's process was. Right. And then it was, you know, the internet erupting in, oh my God, you know, uh, someone said, uh, Something along the lines of, well, I won't be sitting in a chair for tenant then, I guess, you know. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. I can't sometimes with the internet. If it wasn't for, say, us working for Geek Vibes Nation, I may just, like, not even visit it (laughs) because it's ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, which... uh, we now come to the last topic of the night. I asked Dom if we should even mention this because it is a little, say, political. 
but also entertainment at the same time. And we decided let's just talk about it because why not? Um, Kanye West um, just announced that he is running for the 2020 election. (laughs) Dom, what do you think about this? (laughs) So the one thing I will say is that he is a man of his word because I remember he gave a speech. It was a couple of years ago at like MTV Awards or some awards where he talked about that he was going to run for president. Um, and this is pre him being friends with Trump, I think, or at least endorsing Trump really hard. So he's made up his word. So he did, he's following through with what he said. But <laughs> we know Kanye to be uh, openly bipolar and having manic episodes and fighting uh, paparazzi, which understandably at some case, some occasions. Oh, yeah, uh, they're <laughs> Yeah, and so <sighs> he's a smart man when it comes to art, but that is definitely a person that, okay, I was watching, um, I don't know if you ever watched that guy, uh, Kepler, he works for Comedy Central, and he does a lot of these interviews uh, with like political, like political interviews. Because like, he used to work for the Daily Show, right? So he asked. It sounds this, well, familiar. Is he like a tall white guy with like blonde yeah. hair or something? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I watched a video today, and he was asking a woman, um, "Can would you want a woman to be president?" And she was like, "No, it's a man's job because women have more uh, hormones and emotions, and they can start a war like that." Kanye is like doesn't take his meds and he openly says he doesn't take his meds and he had all these episodes. So you think he might not just be like, you know what? I don't like Poland. What? They didn't even do anything. It don't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. And now like, now if he really has something to say and is able to change and have a platform, you know, of course it's, you're welcome to run, but like, please don't make this more of a, circus and it already is because now you're just gonna have random people running for president just because like yo we well we see in like shows when we were kids where it'd be like class presidents running and then there's like a piece of wood running and the piece of wood wins and like how did that happen because that's a piece of wood and that's essentially what this is turning into because i think i saw a, a tweet of tiffany haddish saying i'm gonna run for president now i'm, I'm she was joking but that's what it seems you like. You never know in this. <laughs> I mean, listen, back in 2016, I said, Trump's not going to win. And then I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and look at my phone, and it's right there. I was like, um, but, yeah, I mean, God. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin with the whole thing. I do remember Kanye saying back in, like, 2016, he was like, I'm going to run for president in 2020. So, He's keeping his word, I suppose, but it's so funny. I watched this really, my boyfriend put it on, this really, like, tinfoil hat, Illuminati-type <laughs> documentary about Kanye West last night. Um, and it was all about him being, like, programmed by the Illuminati and everything, so I can't wait to see, like, what people like that <laughs> say about this whole thing. Um yeah, I well, okay, so it's funny, Kelly and I were talking about this, where there's the comment, oh, women are more emotional, they can't be president, they'll start wars, it's like every war has been started by a man, but okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, and it's not going to be one of those things where, oh, entertainers need to stay in their in their lane, right? Sure, if you have thoughts and you have, you know, plans and everything, but Kanye is so eccentric, and it, to me, does take away from, say, the uh, seriousness of the election, which is something that I think also happened in 2016, and it could also take away from the fact, okay, you're voting for Kanye, but then your votes could then, say, not be for Biden. And I'm not trying, if anyone's out there, I'm not trying to sway your political, you know, vote or anything. It splits the votes. It takes away from both Trump and Biden, or um, there's a libertarian uh, woman running, and I can't remember her name. I think it starts with a J. Is um, it Jill Stein? I don't think so. She has like a long, short first name, long last name. Okay, that may not but, be her. But yeah, that I feel like that's just him saying that, being able to say like I did it, and that way you're taken away from serious candidates, whether it be Trump or Biden or the uh, this woman. It takes away from them, and you're not even... There's no way... Like, And my thing is, too, with him, there's people who are meant to be leaders, right? Um, and there's people who are supposed to be part of a team, but not necessarily the captain of the team. Um, and Kanye is not a leader. Like, he's never been the leader of any of these things we've seen him a part of, whether it be you know, fashion, music, whatever. He's always a strong right or left hand of uh, of a big monster, but, like, never the head of it because some people are just better off adding to or helping steer a direction. But being the leader is, and having to make some of the toughest decisions you have to make, are you going to be able to do that? And I think that he really needs to sit down and, like, Hey, uh, I couldn't even decide on the date for my album. I don't even know if I can <laughs> figure out. You know what I mean? And also, Kanye has an album coming out soon. So, oh god, <laughs> it just, this all could just be a promotion yeah, for his album and, to get uh, people to talking. Because that's the thing nowadays, with with especially within hip hop, every time someone has an album coming out, there's some kind of B for some kind of controversy. Like the, recently, you have August Alcina saying, "Yeah, Will Smith gave me his blessing to have relations with Jada." Oh God, I heard. <laughs> yeah, but he has an album coming out soon too. Wow. So I don't, you know, what I mean, like it all is about timing. And what and it's very they plan this stuff out, especially with this quarantine. They've had plenty of time to plan on all this stuff because if. Kanye really wanted to run for president. You would think he would have announced it a long time ago where he wouldn't have to fund himself because now you have to raise money to help you do this unless he just runs off a Twitter campaign. I don't know. Maybe he will. But, um... And what what would he even run as? I don't know. I don't even know what his whole platform would be. Like, you know... Go buy. America, I don't know. <laughs> go buy my three thousand dollar shoes or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. he just has the, And this is I know it's not that serious. He just signed like a um, a ten ten or twenty year deal with Gap for 
his Yeezy collection. Okay. So you, as a president, I don't think are supposed to run a business or have that was whole Trump's whole thing was like you can't run your business. So he put that someone else's, and we know Kanye is a control freak when it comes to creative things, especially his fashion. You can't do that for the country. So there's no way this is real. There's no way. There's no, no way. <laughs> I, I we, wholeheartedly believe. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, we said that before, too. So, <laughs> But that's I, what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I want to sit here and I want to laugh it off, but that's what I was doing in 2016. And then, like, this happened four years later. Right. Um, I will say the one last thing I will say about this is if Kanye is serious about this, and if people vote him in, that means the Kardashians are in the White House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, to me, is actually scarier. Like, as eccentric as Kanye is, and I don't want to take uh, anyone who's listening or watching this, and I don't want to say at all that it has anything to do with his bipolarism or anything like that. I don't want people getting offended there. But the Kardashians having their toes... And let's us not forget who the Kardashians are friends with. He's orange, and he has a really <laughs> bad toupee. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know um, who would be in his cabinet. Like, he doesn't know all these political people, all these politicians, I, I don't think, uh, on a personal level. So, like, if he, like he, if he did get voted in, Who's, who's his vice president? <laughs> yeah, who's his secretary of defense? Who's like, I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about. Um, and do do they still record uh, keeping up with the Kardashians? Is it still a thing? Is it just in the White House now? Keep, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians, White House edition. Yeah. You got Chloe Kardashian running around, Courtney, Chris. I forget the others, Kendall and... I don't know. I forget their clothes. Yeah. Who, who cares? I don't know. It's very, uh, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, we have to mention this. It, as soon as I saw it, I said to myself, it's just way too interesting not to talk about. But, um, Unless you have anything else you want to mention, I think that we've covered all the bases tonight, and we rock this GVL, and yeah, so Dom, please plug your stuff, let everyone know where they can find you, what you got coming up next for us. Um, I have a interview this week with uh, Alina Shire, who we all know her as uh, Adrian from Rocky. Um, so that's coming out soon. Uh, a past interview with um, Sydney James Harcourt from Hamilton, and um, that's on. You know, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, you know, look up Geek Vibes Nation. Um, I have past episodes like in the hundreds uh, from my personal chopping up with the homies. I've been working on this interview I had done a long time ago. Uh, I just had audio issues. Um, but that's gonna come out soon. It's uh, with a uh, friend of mine who's a writer on LA's Finest, and um, yeah, you can go back and check out that chopping up the homies. I haven't put out as many because I have I posted on Facebook that I've said so much 
that relates to now that I don't feel like repeating myself. <laughs> so, like, if people want to know how I feel about certain things that are going on, uh, I've already kind of talked about it years ago, last year, year before. Um, and then, yeah, like, I'm on all these podcasts with GVL, of course. Uh, and um, I think I got a couple of views coming out this week. I'm busy. Screeners, <laughs> um, look out for, uh, I just screened The Dare, and I think that is, um, I want to say it's on Blu-ray. I think it starts to officially come to, like, video on demand, like, this coming up week. Um, and also just screen, it's from the same director, uh, Arthur and Merlin, the Knights of Camelot. And, um, that one's, if you're a big into like the, uh, uh, Game of Thrones realm, you'll love it. The Dare, if you love like your overly kind of gory, saw type of oh, realm of horror, You'll like it. I thought it was really good. And then there's only about six reviews online. I haven't written mine yet. And they didn't like it because they weren't into gore. I like gore. So this is a great movie. Look out for my review soon. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, please, everyone, make sure you check that out. That is so cool that you are interviewing soon the woman who played Adrian in the Rocky franchise. I, <laughs> I have so many, I, I love the Rocky franchise. I watched that as a kid with like my grandparents. And to be honest, Rocky four was my favorite. So it's funny that Sylvester Stallone saying there's a director's cut of that. So I, I would probably watch it, but yeah, please everyone make sure that you check that out. Dom is such a talented writer reviewer he's a busy busy man so please make sure you show him all the love of course you can go to our website which is geekfivesnation.com we have all of dom stuff my stuff uh we have our podcast links there our articles movie reviews opinion pieces and of course we have a thousand different podcasts not only do we have (laughs) geek fives live but we have the Top Ten with Tia, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Skates to Throat, They Call This a Movie, Stranger Damies, Tea Time with Tia, Marty and Kathy's Coffee Talk, and probably more than I'm forgetting. <laughs> but please make sure that you like and subscribe and let us know what you're thinking, what you want us to do next. And yeah, so awesome. Dom, thank you so much and hope everyone has a great night. Let me press uh, stop recording.